Hey, Ashley. Hey, Olivia. Welcome to Drunk of the Book Club. A podcast for lonely drunk bookcasters. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) Should we cheers our empty drinks? Cheers. Cheers. What were you drinking? Um, I was drinking coffee with uh, some heavy whipping cream. Nice. That's basically what I was drinking, too. (laughs) It is. The being unemployed mean I woke up at, like, 10.30, made coffee. Sounds good. Started drinking it around, like, 11 or 11.30. That sounds beautiful. I am now waking up every morning at 5.30 so that I have time to meditate. I've been using the Headspace app, which I love. I think I'm calmer. You might have to ask people around me, but I think I'm calmer. Life feels easier. (laughs) Nice. That's good. Yeah, it is cool. But also, sometimes, some mornings, like, meditation is more like trying not to fall asleep, so. Right. (laughs) I believe that. I definitely believe that. Um, What did we read? We read Hunger, a memoir of my body. By Roxanne Gay. Nice. You a recommendation to... from our friends at Fake Besties with Besties. Yes, a really awesome recommendation, and I'm super appreciative of them for suggesting it because I had been wanting to read it too. So. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was so great. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's it about? So I mean, I think the title is a pretty good <laughs> uh, description. Uh, a memoir of my body. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of trails through her life um, mm-hmm. and experiences with trauma early on. Yeah. And that affects her relationship to her body and herself. Yeah. Um, including, like, weight gain, weight loss, uh, issues with, like, um, being able to get close with people, mm-hmm. uh, inner. Um, issues with relationships, yeah. both friendships and romantic and familial, mm-hmm. um, and kind of her coping through all of that um, and the ways that she's handled it. Yeah. I just felt, like, so strongly that this book was so, like, raw and real. Uh-huh. And I have not read Bad Feminist yet. Have you? I have not. I've been meaning to, like, you know, basically since it came out. Um, yeah. But I have read her, one of her novels, um, An Untamed State. Which okay. Which is, like, also pretty heavy in terms of dealing with, like, sexual violence and trauma. Mm-hmm. And it was really intense, but also really good. But I think, personally, I like her, just judging from, obviously, I've only read two pieces by her, like, a novel and nonfiction, but I think that I like this better. Like, I think I like her nonfiction voice better because okay. she is so, like, genuine and real and raw. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Well, this is the only thing I've ever read mm-hmm. by her. Um, but I loved her voice. I thought um, there was aspects of it that were, like, super poetic because she was repetitive a lot. Yeah. There's one line I actually wrote down um, because I thought it was... Yeah, she said a few times in one of the earlier sections, like, uh, did not go hungry while I hungered. Mm. It was, like, really poetic and beautiful, and yeah. there was just 
lines throughout the whole book where she was, would repeat herself. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, her voice is amazing in it. Yeah. I feel like she is, like, an excellent, how do I put this, like, craft. Like, the craft of her writing was, yeah. like, I feel, let me see if I can put words to it. I feel like the way that she, so she's obviously talking about her body and she's talking about her, um, the sexual violence that she has experienced and she's talking about like the effect that it's had, but she's also just talking about like who she is in her life. And I feel like it's super complex in the way she comes at all of these issues and she comes at telling this story is extremely well crafted. I felt like it, it just the second I finished it, I wanted to restart it again to look mm-hmm. at how she put it together. Um, not just the story itself, but like the actual um, sort of pacing and um, the the way that she sort of, she oriented the, the themes within her story. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not being very, um, very clear, but the point is she's like an excellent writer in terms of craft and, like you said, poeticism, and I was just like, shit. Yeah. No, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. So I, I read this in two days mm-hmm. um, because I really liked the way that she connected everything, but mm-hmm. also it was so smooth. And again, there was some repetition from, like, chapter to chapter. Yeah. And um, But I think that that's kind of how people deal with yes. trauma. Uh, and pain and things like that as well and and healing Mm -hmm. is that you go over the same things over and over again and you repeat it and like you know it takes a while to process um so I was you know trying to take note of that each time I hit a new chapter um yeah but I read it so quickly and it was also you know there are parts that were hard because I related to a lot of it and um even down to the point where there was one time when she was talking about her eating and she was so stressed out about it that she was digging her nails in her palms, mm-hmm. which was, like, what I would do in high school all the time mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I also was, like, dealing with disordered eating. And yeah. so, like, it was very interesting to read through her experiences yeah, and then also find, like, the similarities. Um, I, I, like dog-eared so many pages in this book yeah um but i yeah her voice was very strong in it and uh relatable but also so true to herself i think right i just really appreciated it me too i definitely did and i feel like this is the kind of book where I wanted, as I was reading through it and afterwards, to, like, give it to everybody and, like, force them to read it. Yeah. And just be like, this is required reading to be a human. Like, sorry, you have to read it. You know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, and I think another good thing about her writing style was, like, there were things that I started thinking of while she was processing her her own body. Mm Mm-hmm that she was also processing similarly, like Mm -hmm. when she was talking about um, when she went to go speak somewhere and there weren't any stairs to Mm. get her onto the stage and a struggle that she had. And I was like, 
Hmm, like, I wonder if she, like, thinks about people that actually have, like, you know, disabilities and, like, right. you know, what her thought is on that when she's, like, thinking about her body. And then, like, she hit that yeah. shortly after, and I was like, this is so cool. Like, the way that she's writing makes me kind of think of these things, and then there she is, and she touches on it. And, yeah, yeah I just thought she was, like, so smart and, um, you know. Like we've said a thousand times, it was so well written. Yeah, it's like almost I feel like having a conversation to a certain extent because she really invites you as a reader to like, like you said, kind of uh, make connections and and relate, but also like by sort of maybe preempting some thoughts that a reader would have or some questions that a reader would have. Mm Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I don't know, like I don't know how to explain exactly what she does and, and how she does it, but... Her, her style is, is conversational and sort of informal at points, but mm-hmm. then, like you pointed out, very poetic, so that mm-hmm. it really does, I mean, I obviously don't know her, but I feel so deeply connected to her, like I do know right. her, you know? It's, it's just, like, very much invites you as the reader to, like, to kind of, to make that connection with her. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I do feel like I, I know this woman now somehow, which is, right. you know, I only have three pages of a look into her, or 300 pages <laughs> of a look into her life. But, right. you know, she really exposes herself. And she talks about yeah. that at the end, too, about, like, that difficulty of really exposing herself throughout writing this book. And, I mean, you can see that and hear it in the tone. Yeah. It's just, like, so pure and raw. Yeah. It it almost seemed to me, while reading it, that, like, this was just a first draft. And it was kind of just, like, a stream of consciousness. And she Mm -hmm. was just writing and writing. Mm -hmm. Um, Not a first draft and that, like, there needed to be edits. But, like, that it was just so raw and pure that, you know, it just seemed so honest. Yeah. And I really appreciated how she did talk about how hard it was to start this and to, like, start writing and to, like you said, kind of be so real. And I appreciated that that was sort of part of her, um, part of what she shared. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I think a lot of the memoirs we've read do point out, like, this is hard. Writing is hard. But for her, it wasn't writing is hard. For her, it was, like, emotional realness is hard which it obviously is and kind of she like makes herself vulnerable as a writer um and kind of like like you said obviously we don't know her know her but to put yourself out there and to be so open um Mm -hmm. as a reader it's just it draws me in you know totally and I think she touches on that a little bit too where she talks about when her dad first read about her mm-hmm. rape. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of talks, like, that kind of feeds into her writing this book, I think. And she says, like, I just want to be understood. I just want them to understand me. So it seems like for her, yeah, it was, like, super tough, but it was her finally, like, just releasing everything that had happened to her and, like, letting herself kind of embrace it and feel it. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it, I mean, it was so good. The other thing I really appreciated about her writing and her talking about her life and her story was I remember one of the last books we read we kind of had issue that 
the author didn't acknowledge like her privilege mm-hmm. in having the home and having parents that cared for her. And I liked that she kept coming back to the fact that she was like, and, you know, I went missing for a year, but my parents were still there to help me come home. And I came out to my parents expecting them to be upset, and they were still there mm-hmm. to, like, invite me home. And I think it was really, uh, I don't know, important that she mentioned that her family was so supportive. And, like, she yeah. also mentioned, you know, the pain that came with that, too, and them always, you know, trying to fix her and solve her body. But to then compare that to the fact that she knew that she could, they would love her regardless and she could always go to them, I thought that that was a really special part about this book. Yeah. And she kind of just sprinkled it in here and there. It wasn't, like, a main part of it. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like when you're dealing with pain and trauma and abuse and, like, it is – very nice to know that you have at least like one person that will always be there for you. Mm-hmm. So that's a nice touch throughout throughout the writing. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I so I heard her. She had like an there was a piece. There's like a This American Life, mm-hmm. and I think it's about you know being that. Maybe I've mentioned it on here before. Um, where like Lindy West reads a piece or, like, shares a piece. And then there's also a part where they interviewed Roxanne Gay. Um, And she brings this up in the book where she talks about, um, you know, kind of the the fat acceptance movement, which is great. Mm -hmm. And she points out that it is great. But she also points out that for her, she's not at that – she's not at that place where she's necessarily wanting to feel fat acceptance. She's, like, at that place where – she recognizes how hard it is to navigate the world around her and that people don't realize it and people don't give a shit and people like make horrible assumptions about her or like completely misgender her or, you know, completely ignore her and don't see her. Um, and there's so much pain in all of that. And you're right. Like the sort of burden of her family, like loving her, but also, yeah. like you said, always trying to fix her and change <laughs> her. And, um, yeah, I just feel like she she brings up all of these points about, like, the, the ways that it's never as simple as just, you know, you are fat, you are not fat. Right. You are fat, you are, you know, feeling proud of your size, you are not feeling proud of your size. Like, the inherent complication of within being a human and our relationships with our bodies and the ways that we as a society kind of not, not only just sort of ignore women of any size, but kind of hate people who are deemed quote unquote, you know, not good enough. Right. Totally. There was, um, so much of her talking about that as well that made me realize there was things I had never thought of. Like the fact that she gets misgendered all the time, I thought was shocking. Mm -hmm. Um, And even things like, you know, I've gone through a lot of construction through my old job. And so I'm pretty familiar with like ADA Mm -hmm. rules and regulations, but her talking about all the research that she has to do before, just like going out with friends to a restaurant. Yeah. It's like, I never, like I've never thought about that before. Like that must be, you know, if you are already, knowing that you're going to go into the world and people are going to have their like cruel judgments of you. And then you also have to spend all that time beforehand just to prepare for that to happen. Yeah. Like 
Oh my god. Yeah. It's so taxing and exhausting and like I can see how her saying like cool like fat acceptance that's a thing that's going on and that's great but like that's not where I am like you know it really ties it together there totally Um, yeah yeah and just I think I guess kind of another reason that I feel like this should be required reading is that inherent in the privilege of not experiencing that many of us don't even think about any of that right exactly yeah and that was definitely what I realized while reading it I'm, you know I definitely thought about it like I've been aware of that with like you know the arms of seats but mm-hmm. booths and movable tables like yeah there was just so much that had never crossed my mind before yeah and like you kind of brought up and she brings up you know it also brings to light you know all of the ways that People who are differently abled, mm-hmm. their navigation of the world is completely different. And that so many of us don't even have to think about that, let alone want to think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, when she was talking about, like, walking down the street, and she was like, people walk into me, they step on my feet, they do this, they do that. It's like, yeah, I mean, that happens just to women Mm -hmm. a lot you know like we're always expected to move out of the way for a man and if you just stand there the man will walk right into you right and so it's like and then adding on top of that another aspect of your life that people just deem or you know well they'll find you invisible for Mm -hmm. it's like oh my gosh yeah 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 it's so frustrating it totally totally is the world is a really messed up place for real (laughs) seriously but i think that like her the way that in this book she weaves together kind of these like her own experience but also like you know I would argue that like she is also intending to sort I mean I'm not going to argue about what her intentions are but it seems like she she's educating you know a reader and I think that that's really I think that's I, I don't think that's her responsibility obviously Mm-hmm. But the fact that she has written this book and is, through sharing her story, sort of educating those of us who maybe didn't have to or haven't thought about those aspects or et cetera, I think it's really powerful um, to share. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, kind of repeating what we've been saying, but yeah, not only did I feel like I could relate to a lot of this, but there was a lot of knowledge in here as well that I didn't have before. Yeah. And, uh, oh, here's another line that she repeats over and over again. Uh, the bigger you are, the smaller your world becomes. The mm-hmm. bigger you are, the smaller your world becomes. It's just like, I don't know. I love that she repeats that stuff. and It's powerful. And it fits in with what we're saying. It totally does. Um, and I love yeah. how she ends. Well, okay. I love how she begins by saying, you know, um, on page four, like section two or chapter two, I guess. The story of my body is not a story of triumph. This is not a weight loss memoir. You know, she, she starts this out by yeah. saying like, this is not what is kind of like traditionally marketed when people write stories about like their bodies. Like we're used yeah. to seeing like, as she points out, the biggest loser or like makeovers and like, right. this is how I lost all my weight. Or she, you know, she brings up the whole like way that Oprah 
we're all like obsessed with her body and her weight fluctuations. And she's like, this is just a true story. I'm just telling you a story and it's a story of my body. And then at the, and so, and she also starts off by saying like, she wishes she could write that book about weight loss. Like she wishes that that's what this was, how to, what does she say? Uh, to live more effectively with my demons and being at peace and loving myself wholly at any size. Like there's like that yearning, but I love how, you know, the other side, the other bookend, the end is really powerful. And she is ending off saying like, here I am, uh, here, here's my hunger. This is what I hunger for. This is the ferocity of my hunger. Like I just felt like the end was, although it may not be a story, like she says, about, you know, the triumph of a weight loss, but it's the triumph of, like, her spirit. And I don't know, I found it just, I ended it being like, yes, and now I want to reread it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, you you can feel her struggle throughout this book, which I think is so, like, that's why it's so um, relatable and powerful and yeah. seems so broad. She regularly comes back to the idea of, like, what if I had just told my parents yeah. about this thing that happened? What if I had just told them? Who would I be today? Yeah. You know, what if I just allowed myself to ask for help? What would, I, what would I have become? And I think that in these sort of, like, classic weight loss stories, people try to still hide past troubles and all your problems will be cured if you become this, like, stereotypical idea of what we think beauty is Mm -hmm. but she doesn't let that happen she regularly tries to deal with you know her life and the decisions that she's made throughout the last 30 something years Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean I think that that's a very natural thing to do and what everyone does so to hear her talk about it was you know powerful it's a good reminder that it's okay to you know, second guess what you've done and think about where it's taken you and yeah. that appreciate who you are because of everything. Yeah. And I appreciate too how it isn't like she says, you know, this is what I did wrong and, or this is what so-and-so, somebody else did wrong and mm-hmm. now I'm going to wrap it up in a nice bow. Like there's yeah. so much, there's so much like real complication here. Like kind of how she, you know, she points out like, I wish I could be at peace with my body. I'm not at peace with my body. Like, I wish that, you know, I could feel this way. I don't, however. And I think that she resists what it seems like probably a lot of times when people are writing something like a memoir, the urge to, like, create, like, a nice linear, like, easily, or not easily, but, like, perfectly packaged story. Yeah. And I think that it's so much more powerful that she doesn't have it just mm-hmm. kind of simplified. Totally. And you and I have talked about that with other books before where we've been frustrated when it ends mm-hmm. with like, and then it was happily ever after <laughs> or, and then, you know, yeah. everything was fine. And so, yeah, I mean, I hate that. I hate when things end so perfectly because that's yeah. not, never how anything actually ends. And so her, allowing it to be allowing her life to be what it is you know and not trying to clean it up at all I thought yeah it's great yeah I totally agree yeah I love this book definitely I'm gonna pass this on to somebody I feel complicated about that because like 
I don't want to give my copy away. <laughs> well, pass it on to somebody that I know will give it back to me as soon as they're reading it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to, like, have many copies and then just, like, hand them out. Like, maybe I'll see. Okay, I always want to, like, be able to, like, for birthdays and, like, all of, you know, like, Christmas and stuff, give people, like, books. Like, this is a great book that you would really like. Have we talked about this yeah. before? But, um, yeah. But I also don't know if this would be, like, the most, like, yay, it's your birthday kind of book. I don't know. I don't know. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I don't, as long as it's a good book. Yeah. But it's also, like, especially a book like this that people are talking about and they want to read, That's... I always hesitate to buy a few copies because yeah. I'm, like, I feel like by the time something comes up, everyone's going to have already read it. That's true. That is a really good point. So it's tough. Hmm. But well, I guess that just means I need to be quicker about reading things as soon as they come out. So I'm just like, okay, here. Yeah, that might be so. That's a good point, actually. We've been doing yeah. pretty good about reading, like, stuff that is pretty fresh, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Speaking of, what do we want to read next? Yeah, right? so I'm going to say that this is a sort of suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> this is a... We'll go with, we are making a choice to read a book that a person that we know from college is also reading. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also was on Call Your Girlfriend, which is why it was originally on my radar. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, it's called The H-Spot, The Feminist Pursuit of Happiness by Jill Filipovic. Perfect. Nice. I'm excited. Me too. I've been digging our... uh books lately. Me too. Yeah. As always though, people, we will totally love suggestions. Yes, please. Send them our way. Our last three have been suggestions, right? Yeah. This one, and then Evan was the one before, and then the one before was my friend Lindsay. Yep. Nice. Yeah, what was before that? Oh no, before that was not a suggestion. But yes, we've had some really good suggestions, so thank you folks. Yeah, thanks everybody, and we'll gladly take more. Yeah, keep them coming. This was great. Highly recommend Hunger. Yeah, I think, like I said, this is required reading for being human. Yep. (laughs) Yes. It's true. (laughs) Very true. So that's that's my official book review. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Required for being human. (laughs) Also... One last thing I'll say about it is her photo on the back cover, or on the back. <laughs> I thought was so adorable. I know. It's so I, cute. Oh, yeah. That's such a cute photo. And then, like, reading about her hating getting her photo taken and how she always tries to do it, like, waist up or neck up. I was yeah. like, oh, my God. That's so funny. But this is the cutest photo. I know. It's so adorable. Anything else we want to add to this? Uh, oh, this? update. About... Whether or not we, when Evan suggested to read, um... Oh, he talked to me about this. Yeah, when he suggested to read The Glass Universe. And you and I both remembered it as, no, don't be embarrassed about your suggestion. We'll love it. Wait, I thought I remembered it as, like, a... I thought I sided with Michael. No, you sided with me. You said, no, we were, we just thought he was being bashful. Now I'm so confused. Okay, sorry. Basically, the fact of the matter is, Michael was correct. Evan confirmed that we were like, no, we can read it. Don't tell us what we can read. (laughs) I 
don't remember this at all. I thought I was like, oh, I'm surely fine. Like, and yeah. he said, okay, we we should probably maybe we'll. This is like an ongoing saga, people. But um, I told Evan we should like get him on the podcast and have him tell the story. But he claims that when he texted you to ask how the book was going, yeah. he claims that he was kind of like. Okay, Olivia, how's the book going? And when you were like, it's hard, he was like, oh, you don't like it? Like, his he he felt that those responses were cheeky because we had been so adamant about like, yes, we can read it. Don't tell us what we can and cannot read. So, yeah, he like brought this up when we were hanging out the other day. <laughs> and I was like, no, I like, your text response seemed regular. Like, you were just like, oh, you don't like it? And I was like, yeah, it's just hard. Like, I was like, I thought we were having a normal conversation. And now, like, everyone is saying all these other things, and I'm so confused about what really happened. <laughs> I'm like, all of it. Okay, wait, here. Reading the glass universe at 389, but it's hard to get through. Haha. <laughs> and he said, you're not digging glass universe? And I said, I am, but there's a lot of names and terms, and I just keep having to reread. He said, yeah, I had an especially hard time keeping track of the names at first because I was listening to it on a drive to LA. So that'd be tough. I feel like I would tune things out too easily in books on tape or whatever they're called these days. <laughs> he said, I still say books on tape. That's it. That conversation seems so normal to me. I don't know why everyone's like thinking that I don't remember having any problem with the way that he described this book. And then he was talking about how we talked about it in the episode. And I was like, I feel like I didn't think it was a problem either. Yeah. Well, we need to have a follow-up with him. We'll have him next episode on the podcast um, to hear his version of the story. I think the moral of the story is when we get book suggestions while we're drinking, things get confusing. And then I feel like I was also more drunk for that episode. Yeah, we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, it's the definition of this podcast, so. Yes, it is. Drunk. Okay, yeah, we'll have Evan on and we'll. (laughs) We'll do it. It'll be good. (laughs) He was like, also, you guys need to stop saying, like, Mike and Evan. Like, people know who we are. (laughs) Our listeners know, okay? Hello, <laughs> These are the people of the drunk of the book universe. It's like when you right. watch Mr. Rogers, like you get to know the other characters. Yeah, and I was also like, we also said that you recommended the book. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Our friend Evan, or should I say our enemy Evan. Our enemy Evan. <laughs> we talk about we talk about all of the people who have suggested books to us by their name. Yeah, totally. Are we just as, like, an anonymous person? <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my friend Lindsay recommended a book. Lindsay, who I once worked with at American Apparel, <laughs> who was a district visual manager. If you're a listener, you've heard us mention Michael, like, a thousand times. If you don't know who that is, go back and listen. You missed all yeah. of our episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm not going to say my boyfriend Michael every single time. That's obnoxious. <laughs> And it's really obnoxious. I hope Evan listens to this and hears us calling him out on this stupid seg, Josh John. I hope so, too. Oh, my God. He had so much to say about our podcast. He was like, I also got that, you know, this is kind of a book club, so it makes more sense if you read the book. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> It is literally called Drunk of the Book Club. I was like, yeah, it's a book club. He's like, yeah, because, you know, I enjoyed that episode. So much. (laughs) 
<laughs> Whereas usually I have to suffer through them. <laughs> cool. Roast of Evan episode. That's what this episode is going to yes. be titled. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. We should do that. Roast of our enemy Evan. <laughs> Roast of our anemone. <laughs> Roast of the sea star Evan. <laughs> it's a barbecue. <laughs> Drunk of the Book, Gmail, Drunk of the Book at Gmail, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, um, Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> I always forget one. It doesn't matter what order I start in. I always forget one. Well, Twitter. Twitter is, we don't really know how to twit. <laughs> I know. We have better Twitters. <laughs> we try. <laughs> we do try. We kind of forget about it. Okay. Me that's my, my goal this week. Twitter. To be a, to be a, twi- a Twitter Twitter. <laughs> Don't say what oh, I think no, you're going to say. No alcohol. <laughs> talk. You know, coffee is a, coffee's a stimulant. That's true. So find us on social media. Mm-hmm. Find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Recommend books. Please leave us a review. Yeah, it literally oh. takes like four seconds, people. Four seconds. That's it. Also, when you said something and we talked over each other, I went like this. What?